couple weeks ago, uh, my brother and I were driving to an event in horrible weather. And I'm not being dramatic, okay? Maybe I sometimes could be dramatic, but I was not being dramatic at this time. It was storming, and there was, like, big advisory warnings, and we were going somewhere that was, like, an hour away. So before we leave, um, Jacob pulls up the GPS to see which route is going to be the best. So both routes had projected bad weather, but one route showed normal rain throughout the trip, and it was going to take a little bit longer. The other route showed patches of rain with a tornado watch that would be quicker. So if you know my brother, you know which which, uh, route he chose. He's like, we'll take the shorter one that has the tornado watch attached to it. And I'm like, "Uh, okay. (laughs) So the first part of the journey is fine. Uh, But then we get to this like really ugly part. It's pouring, it's windy, it's dark, stormy. You can barely see anything outside of the windshield. And the wipers are like working on overdrive. I'm thinking that they're going to fly off the car. That's how like intense it was. And so I'm making comments like, this is intense. And look, people are pulling over. And Jacob does not seem to care at all. So much to the point where he's like, I was born for this. And and I... (laughs) I can't do it as good as him. And he's like, this is where I thrive and we're going to make it. Like he's like a NASCAR driver making like noises and whatever. And I'm just like, blah, 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 whatever, Jacob. Um, And I'm telling you, I don't typically get nauseous, but between him slowing down and stopping and slowing down and stopping and the wind going in multiple directions, I'm getting like very disoriented. And I finally say, I'm like, what do we do if we're in a tornado? And Jacob's like, there's not going to be a tornado. And I'm like, no, seriously, what do we do if there's a tornado? Like, you chose the route that has the tornado, like, watch attached to it, okay? And now it's like everybody's pulling over and you're choosing to keep going because we're going to have to be there on time. And so he has no concern. And I'm really, really trying to remember what meteorologists say you're supposed to do if there's a tornado and you're in a car. And I could not for the life of me remember. I could remember, okay, when you're inside, this is what you're supposed to do. But I could not remember what you're supposed to do when you're outside. And so I'm attempting to look it up on my phone, but that's making me more queasy. So I'm just like, whatever, I just can't. Um, And After the fact, I looked it up, okay, everybody? The U.S. Department of Homeland Security says not to try and outrun a tornado in a vehicle. Jacob did not get that memo. So, anyways, all that to say, during this very dramatic scene, I did not feel secure at all. And I'll tell you what, that not feeling secure is an awful, awful emotion, I need to be buckled up in the roller coaster to feel secure that I'm not going to fly out. Like when they're at Six Flags and they're like, check, check, double check. I'm like, triple check. Are you, Bella, you good? Okay. You, okay. Cause I am not going to fly out of that thing. And then I need to lock my house and the car with the key. So I feel secure that my stuff isn't going to get taken. Now I was telling my mom this example and she's like, uh, you've forgotten to lock the doors before. And I'm like, we don't have to tell everybody that. Okay. But One time I left my keys dangling on the mailbox for three days. My bad. It was fine. Everything was fine. Okay. Now, I need a strong password so I feel secure that no one's going to hack my bank account. Okay. That one one seems like a good one. Um, I need to hold my niece's hand very tight when we're around a lot of people or in traffic, right? Because I want to make sure she's safe. (laughs) And I definitely need my eyelash glue to cling on tight to my eyelid. (laughs) So I feel secure that my makeup look is 
is right. Because I'm not going to have a repeat of Thanksgiving where Christina was like, your, your eyes freaking me out because your eyelashes hanging off. <laughs> I was like, how long has it been hanging off? Why didn't you tell me sooner? (laughs) Okay, I'm just being silly about that one. But here's what I know. We like to feel secure about a lot of things. Things that have absolutely no significance like our eyelashes. And uh, things that are about our literal safety and our health. And we will do a lot of things to make ourselves feel secure, both positive and negative. People work really hard, or on the flip side, they'll compromise to feel secure. Now, why is this? Because security of any kind helps us to feel grounded and at peace about a person or a situation. It relieves our worries. And it brings us a sense of calm and assurance. So let's take a a look at this word secure. So this is what secure means. Free from danger. Affording safety. Fear from risk of loss. Free from fear. Having no doubt. Trustworthy and dependable. So some of the synonyms for the word secure are firm, fixed, fastened, sealed, rooted, attached, assured, guaranteed and confident. So it's no wonder we want and seek to be secure. I don't like dangerous situations. I don't like scary situations. You're never going to even catch me watching the preview to a scary movie. Um, I want to feel safe and confident. I want stuff to be guaranteed and free from the risk of loss. And I'm telling you what, I truly want to be able to trust and depend on things and on people. But what reality tells me is that in a very literal sense, we are not always secure. Objects will malfunction, and then you'll have a breakdown at work because the printer is crazy. Um, Thieves walk among us. Hackers prowl on the internet. People show cruelty. And sickness plagues our bodies. But here's the thing. What the word tells me is that I have the ultimate security that I need. I can know with confidence that I am secure in the Savior. So let's look here at the birth of Jesus, which is why we get together today. So we're going to read it from Matthew 1, looking at verses 18 through 21. And it says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. And did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. So let's zoom in on verse 21. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So the name Jesus means Savior. 
The Savior gave us salvation, which means deliverance from sin and its consequences. So Jesus' birth then is what sets the stage for him to ultimately die on the cross. And this is what Jesus said about his own death in Luke 24, uh, verses 46 and 47. And he said, Jesus, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message will be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. So we know with certainty that we are secure in our salvation. We know with certainty that we are secure in our salvation. And I can know with assurance that Jesus created me. He loves me wants relationship with me. If I accept him as my personal Lord and Savior, I'm free. I'm truly secure if I give my life to him. Now, after this, we have some issues on our part, or at least I'll speak for myself. Personally, I 100% believe in the Christmas story of Jesus's birth, and I believe in everything that happened in the Bible, including Jesus's life, his death, resurrection, his ascension, but then my faith can waver especially in times of uncertainty and trials and suffering. But thankfully, the Bible tells me that I'm not only secure in my salvation, but God has also made me secure to endure all the things of this life. And if, here's the thing, if I put my trust in him far beyond a moment of forgiveness, but a lifestyle of obedience... So here's our key verse for today, Psalm 125, 1 through 2. And this particular psalm is a song for the pilgrims that were ascending to Jerusalem. And it says this, those who trust in the Lord are as secure as Mount Zion. They will not be defeated, but will endure forever. Just as the mountains surround Jerusalem... So the Lord surrounds his people both now and forever. Those who trust in the Lord are as secure as Mount Zion. They will not be defeated, but will endure forever. Just as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people both now and forever. So... Up on the screen, they're going to show you some pictures of the mountains in and surrounding Jerusalem. So I went to Israel a couple of years ago, and this is various parts of Israel, but I want you to just see the various landscapes. I took a lot of selfies. I'm not a selfie person, but I went by myself, so I had to send them back to my family so they could see everything. And then I was alive like thousands of miles away from them. Uh, So you'll see like everything is basically on hilltops and mountains. And I want you to have pictures in your mind of this, but also just of like what you know of mountains in general as we dissect this psalm. So who is the psalmist speaking of? Believers. And specifically those believers who place their full trust in God. And my side note here is let's not just trust some or partial in nature, but all. And so then what is the byproduct of one who believes and relies on God? A person who is secure. And this security is described as that of Mount Zion. This security affords people protection. They will not be defeated, but will endure forever. So when we trust in the Lord, we are secure. We have inward stability. 
So being secure in the Savior does not mean that all the outward things of our life are great, but our spirit can know we are secure in him. And this scripture goes on to say that the Lord surrounds us now and forever like the mountains have and continue to surround Jerusalem. Now we know that mountains cannot be easily moved or destroyed. Now obviously in biblical times, they're not having a lot of the same equipment that we had. But even in 2022, I did some research that even with dynamite or a nuclear weapon, it is almost impossible or extremely difficult to destroy a mountain range. God's security towards us is even more solid and firm than a mountain. So now here's what I know about being secure though. You need to be secure when there is a threat or danger, when there's an issue or a problem, when there's an insecurity or a worry. So what people will often go to a shelter room or a location to be secure from bad weather. Well, the only reason they need that security is because there's a danger or threat of danger. The tornado is coming. Now, notice, though, that being secure does not mean that the threat or danger has gone away. You may be in the designated tornado shelter, and you may, in fact, be safe, but that doesn't mean that the storm outside isn't still there. So then how do we apply this to us and God? Being secure in the Savior means calmness, peace, assurance, while all these other things are happening, while we live in a sinful world, while we interact with broken people, while there's sickness, while there's financial struggles, while there's heartache, while there's problems. Being secure in the Savior means we know our identity is found in God and he's equipping and empowering us to withstand and endure whatever is happening. Being secure in the Savior means you're on solid ground, that you're safe and protected, that you can weather the storm, now whatever your storm may be. And I've been so struck by how the Bible calls us to constantly look at a different perspective or at a different lens. And so we look at Colossians 3, 1 through 4, and it says, since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you die to this life, for you die to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ who is your life is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Too often I have looked to things of earth. I look too closely at what I see as a problem But here's like my little epiphany that I had, that what I have often seen as a problem has actually been protection. What I have often seen as a problem has actually been preparation. And what I've often seen as a problem has actually been purposeful. So what we often see as a problem is protection, preparation, and purposeful. So what if we stopped looking at something, um, whether it's good or bad, negative or positive, but at its purpose? Regardless of how you see a situation, what is God teaching you? And he continues to sustain you even in the midst of trouble. 
you only have to embrace that safety and that comfort and that peace. Psalm 91, 1 through 2. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. So what we often see as a problem is actually protection, preparation, and purposeful. You will see that all along, God has been protecting his people. And again, we have to look out of our fleshly eyes, not protecting his people from pain or suffering. Like, that's not what this life is about. Sorry. Like, that's pain and sufferings, trials are a part of this life. But God has been helping his people as they serve him. He's walking alongside them, walking before them walking behind them, guarding them from above. That's what it means to be secure, that you will still see, the, see and serve the Savior in all the moments, the beautiful, blissful moments and the gut-wrenching, agonizing moments. So you may have pain and suffering in this lifetime, but God will protect your spirit. He'll prepare your heart. And remind you of the purpose you have to love him and to love others. And it's worth saying with effort on your part to build relationship with him in prayer, in worship, in reading of the word. So let's look at some examples. Security is showcased throughout the story of Jesus' birth. And we see that in Matthew chapter 1 and 2. Mary was protected from public disgrace. Joseph was given confidence from the angel that he should still marry Mary. (laughs) The wise men were kept safe when God warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. And Jesus was made secure when um, when Herod tried to kill and annihilate all the young boys under the age of two. And we see security, safety, and comfort throughout the entire Bible God has turned what people saw as problems into protection and preparedness and purpose. So we see Adam and Eve. It wasn't pretty that they sinned and got kicked out of the garden, but they were given the ability to live outside of paradise and still have relationship with him. We see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It wasn't pretty when they disobeyed, but God kept his promise to make Abraham the father of many nations. Joseph, it wasn't pretty that he was sold into slavery and imprisoned, but God gave him the personality to become a mighty ruler and save his people. Moses, it wasn't pretty dealing with all the Israelites, (laughs) but God kept him safe from the wrath of Pharaoh and the courage to keep fighting. Daniel, it wasn't pretty when Daniel was in the lion's den, but God made a way for his faithfulness to be seen. David wasn't pretty facing Goliath, murdered, had an affair, but God brought him back into right standing and taught him to make better decisions. Esther, it wasn't pretty to watch her people face extinction, but God revealed Haman's plan and the Jews were safe. Peter, poor Peter, it wasn't pretty that he denied Jesus three times. Everyone remembers that story, Um, but Jesus showed him how to repent and keep on with his purpose. 
And Paul, gosh, if anybody ever suffered for his faith, the amount of times that Paul was persecuted, but God taught him to withstand the trials and the sufferings for the sake of spreading the gospel message. And I look in my own life, it hasn't all been pretty, but I've been kept secure and not in a manner that I've never had issues, but with God, I have sustained, I've learned, I've grown, developed, matured, thankfully, and I'm still learning how to trust him with everything, to obey him more and more. I have to work on that on a daily basis. And here's the thing, some of us do not feel secure We don't feel safe. We don't feel protected because we don't understand what that means. We think it means we won't have problems. Well, you're living in a delusional life. But to be secure doesn't mean that the problems are going to go away. We just know that God will help and strengthen us to deal with them with grace and resolve. And I can say all day long, you're secure, you're secure, you're secure. But if you're holding on to fear, you will never truly embrace the idea of being secure in the Savior. And as I've looked at scripture and I've studied this word fear, I've seen more and more that so much is connected to it. For fear is to be afraid that something is going to happen or not happen. (laughs) The unpleasant emotion when one believes they're in danger or will have pain. We're fearful of the unknown, fearful of failure, fearful of being without, and so on and so on. Fear is just not a matter of danger. And what does fear say? I'm not putting my full trust and reliance on God. The opposite of fear is trust, and we showcase trust through obedience. Even psychologists say that the opposite of fear is not bravery and courage. It is knowledge, awareness, and understanding. And where do knowledge, awareness, and understanding come from? From God, from his word. So let's look at what the Bible says about fear, because I'm convinced that fear is clouding our, jo- our judgment, our logic, and making us focus on all the negatives. And listen, we're not automatically going to be immune to fear when we accept Jesus. And there's different kinds of fears, okay? We should be concerned if, like, there's a wild animal coming at us. And, like, that's a, that's a silly, exaggerated example. Um, but I would say that <laughs> trust should reign above fear, And we need to be so rooted in God that fear is not our go-to or what we stay all about. So looking back at the Christmas story, what what is it that they tell Joseph in Matthew 1.20? But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is the Holy Spirit. Looking at Luke 2.10, and the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. It's over and over and over again in scripture. God calls us not to be afraid. Why? Because he's with us. He's very specific about fear. In John 14.25 and 27 through 27, it's very direct. These things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring your remembrance, all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. When I say that word, it just even makes me like calm. Peace. 
Not as the world gives you, do I give to you. Let your hearts not be troubled, neither let them be afraid. To trust is to know God's word and to live by it. And I want to be so rooted in God's love and trust in him that nothing can yank me from him. I want to be secure in him. And here's the thing. I never feel better than when I'm with Jesus. And yet, and yet, even though I know so often when things are difficult or I'm hurting or I'm sad, it's like I don't immediately run to Jesus. But why, when my greatest moments of peace and confidence have been when I am with him in deep fellowship? And yet there's something in me that doesn't always live in that state. Why? Because I allow myself to be afraid or get easily distracted. So then being secure in the Savior also means that I, emphasis on I, keep my focus on Jesus. Um, Our depth of focus to the Lord cannot be an up and down if we want to be secure and steady in a long-term capacity, regardless of the situation. I'm learning this. I'm learning more and more that I cannot live off of my relationship with Jesus from the past or a theoretical relationship with him because I come to church on a regular basis or have good family and friends. It's like saying, well, I'm just going to live off the relationship I used to have with a friend. And when I see her again in a year or two, we'll be in the same place. Now, sure, there'll be some similarities, some familiarity. But when we get back together, you're still friends, but it's not the same closeness. Because there's been this huge, huge gap of information, this huge gap of time, this huge gap of conversation, of shared experiences. It's not necessarily that the relationship is diminished, but by no means has it grown and been fostered or developed and strengthened. And so we need the kind of relationship with Jesus that is being maintained and grown every single day. Every single day. And may we not go one day in wavering and growing closer to him. Then we will feel the confidence in him that has always been there. I've recently seen how much God has kept me secure. Um, as I've reflected on a recent car accident that I was in. And hey, right now, before I even tell you the story, the moral of this tale is Jesus is our ultimate advocate. He's always been watching my back and he continues to watch my back. So, long story, very short. In October, I was in a car accident. It was down here on Collins, a little bit past uh, Dutch Brothers. And I was hit by a tow truck. I'd been in little, little hits before. This was a large one, which thankfully, I'm, you know, everything is for the most part okay, and it wasn't worse. But um, in the moment, it felt awful. Like, absolutely awful. And it shook me up so very much. And I usually consider myself, like, a pretty, like, level person. And I'm one that likes to be tough, because I am tough. (laughs) And uh, I was just, like, so, so shaken up. Like, once everything had stopped, like, I was holding my chest. I could barely speak. I could barely move. When the guy, when a random guy came to check on me, he's like, are you okay? And I was like... Like that's, I mean, it was like, I was in shock, absolute shock. And like, I couldn't think clearly, which come to find out I had had a concussion, but I felt very disoriented and confused. And I'm like trying to call 911, 911 does not answer. 
what's that about? Uh, and I'm like, I'm like hearing um, somebody's calling 911. So I'm like, okay, someone's calling 911. And then I'm like coming down from some of the adrenaline and thinking like, I'm not going to be able to get out of this car by myself. I'm not going to just drive to work by myself. Um, and I cannot move my body. And I'm like freaking out. Like, is there something like horribly wrong with my body? Cause I cannot move my body. And, uh, so I try and call my mom. She doesn't answer cause it's really early in the morning. Uh, I was headed into work earlier. I try and call my brother. He doesn't answer. So I'm like trying to like Pro, like trying to think like, who can I call that can come help me? So I call Clay. We both work here and he answers and I'm like, I'm okay. Well, I don't even know what I said. I think I said, I'm okay. I need you to come and get me. And so he says, I'll be there in a little bit, but he, ha- he still had to get dressed. He still had to drive all the way over there. Uh, so I'm just sitting in the car, like hoping that somebody's going to come. And I feel so weak, so defenseless, so just like incapable of speaking up for myself eventually an EMT comes and tells me I have to go to the emergency room. So now I'm like extra like concerned and extra worried. And he's like, I'll try and stay here as long as I can with you, but you have to go to the emergency room. I said, my friend's coming. My friend's coming. Um, Well, all this time I didn't know that Clay had called Pastor Sean, which makes sense because he was going to be late to work. So it's probably a good thing he was calling. I didn't think to call because I'm not in my right state of mind. I'm going to be late to work because I was in a car accident. Uh, And so I'm in the car. I mean, just just like a mess, um, emotionally. And I'm just like frozen and I can't think and I'm super scared. And, uh, out of the corner of my eye, so I'm like this and I just kind of like glance over and I'm like, that's pastor Sean. (laughs) So Clay had called him and had said, um, Amanda was in a car accident. I'm gonna go get her. I'm going to be late. And so he's like, where is she? What do you know? And he tells him where I am. He's like, oh, I'm way closer than you all. I'll go check on her. Well, I don't know any of this. And so I look over and I see that him and huge, huge sigh of relief came over me. I was finally safe. I was finally getting taken care of. It could have been anybody. The Lord used him. He came around to the car. He knelt down, he held my hand. I squeezed his hands so tight and tears were just running. I had no, no words, no, nothing, and just tears were coming down my eyes. And I finally was like, I recognize a face and I felt a sense of relief, a safe of sense of safety. I was going to be okay. I was going to be okay. Someone was now here for me. And I can remember in those first moments not being able to say any words, and, but I just knew it didn't matter. I, I was like, my whole body could be broken, but he's here. Someone's taking care of me. Okay. And I, I know that this is what the Lord does for us in any situation on a constant basis. He gives us relief and a sense of safety when we have, but we have to allow him to do that. I would not have chosen to be weak and defenseless in that moment. I don't like to show vulnerabilities. I want to be tough. But in that moment, I was scared. I was confused. I felt alone. I felt helpless. I felt weak. And I couldn't do it for myself. I couldn't get myself out of the car. I couldn't like even hardly speak to the police officers. And seeing Pastor Sean was a beacon of hope. 
And that's what I know that the Lord has done for me time and time again and will continue to do. So this is what some of us, some of us today need to do this. Even if it's just the tiniest, tiniest little glance. All I did was just like, my eyes just moved ever so slightly. And I I don't want you to see Pastor Sean. I want you to be able to see our Lord and Savior and have a sigh of relief and know with certainty that you are secure. There was two things that I learned from this. I'm always secure with the Lord. I'm always secure with the Lord. And the second was that God uses people to showcase his security, his love, and his care. So it started with Clay answering the phone and Sean coming to hold my hand and Trina and Clay taking me to the hospital, sitting there with me, my aunt coming, running down from the hospital wing to sit with me um, in the waiting room and my mom and my brother coming to take me home and Amy driving me around everywhere the first week because I couldn't move any part of my body. And Jeff and Jennifer Manley seeing me at the chiropractor. Like it took people to showcase to me God's security and love and his care. And he does this for us over and over and over again. Well, he just had to hit me with a car for me to realize that that's what he's been doing for me my entire life. And maybe this is going to be too intense, okay? But so many of us want change, but we don't want to engage in change. Are you being bold enough to look to him? Are you going to be bold enough to take real action to see change in your internal life? There was sometimes after the car accident where I was not being bold to look to God, but thank God he put all of these people around me to keep like lifting me up and holding me together and telling me that I was going to be okay. They kept telling me over and over again, you're going to be okay. You're going to get there. You're going to be better. You're going to this and this and this. And I needed that. And that's the same thing that God does. He does it um, from himself and he does it using other people. So are you taking action to move from fear to faith? Listen, this is touchy subject. You could lose weight. Okay. You know, it's possible, but are you doing anything to actually make it happen? We can say a lot. We are good at saying a lot, but we don't always do a lot. We can say we want peace, but we don't embrace the peace that's already promised to us as children of God. And I want to say my, I I want to say all the time, my closet needs to be cleaned out, but I never do it. (laughs) I have to like, it's embarrassing. I'm I'm getting off track. I was like getting off track. I have to move everything off the couch so somebody can sit in my room. Okay. But I, but I have the ability, but I never make the initiative. I want and say, I need more of Jesus. I know he's the answer. I know I can trust him, but then I don't talk to him. I don't actually read my Bible. I don't actually obey him. So do you want to be secure in the Savior? Then you have to start doing something. I say I'm secure in the Savior. And then a week ago, my mom tells me her cancer spread again. Am I going to engage in anger, confusion, and unhealthy means to feel better? Or am I going to be so bold as to engage in prayer, engage in worship, engage in the word, and engage with fellow believers. Will I let fear consume me? Or will I trust knowing I have all the spiritual security that I need? 
So let's take a moment to reflect here. What do you not feel secure about right now? What do you not feel secure about right now? For me, the last couple of months, it's been getting my health back together. And man, the Lord is teaching me how to have sympathy for people that are in long-term pain. I'll tell you what, he has taught me something valuable. What do you not feel secure about right now? Is it your marriage? Your singleness? Your kids? Your job? Your health? Lord, some of us in here got some big health issues. What do you not feel secure about right now? Your ability to succeed, your finances, your appearance, your relationships, your ministry to the Lord, your behaviors, your thoughts, or just you yourself. What do you not feel secure about right now? Once you identify what it is that you're not feeling secure about, give it to God. We're going to give that to God. So we're just going to take a few moments before they start singing, and we praise our Lord to give to him those things that we do not feel secure about. Thank you, Lord. We praise your name. Thank you so much for who you are, for the love that you give us, the care, and Lord, for the security. We thank you, Lord, that we don't have to be afraid. Fear has no place in our life, in our hearts, in our minds, because we know we can place our full trust in who you are, and we will be secure. We will be safe. We are safe, Lord, with you, and I thank you for that, Lord. God, for whatever it was that we identified as the thing that we were not feeling secure about. Lord, may we in this moment, before we leave, just fully surrender that to you. And hold none of it for ourselves. It's yours to take. May we not carry that with us. May we leave without feeling a burden on us, without feeling a weight, a heaviness. But we will leave with relief with calmness, with peace, with our eyes just ever so slightly on you in every single moment, in every single trial, in every single suffering. Lord, I pray over each lady, Lord, some who are going through immense trials, immense suffering, immense pain. We know that you are the